Diabetes pathophysiology type 1 autoimmune disease antibodies against beta cell of pancreas haladi are 4 more than haladi are 3 various antibodies such as islet associated antigen IAA antibody and glutamic acid decarboxylase which is GAD antibody are detected in patients who later on go to develop type 1 diabetes Types of type, uh, types of diabetes. Type one diabetes mellitus is autoimmune disorder where the insulin producing beta cell of the islet of Langerhans in the pancreas are destroyed by the immune system. This results in an absolute deficiency of insulin, resulting in raised glucose levels. Patients tend to develop type one diabetes in childhood, early adult life, and typically present unwell, possibly in diabetic ketoacidosis type. 2DM. This is the com most common cause of diabetes in the developed world. It is caused by a relative deficiency of insulin due to an excess adipose tissue. It's t in simple terms, there is, isn't enough insulin to go around all excess fatty tissue leading to blood glucose creeping up. Pre-diabetes. Pre-diabetes, this term is used for patients who don't yet meet the criteria for formal diagnosis of type 2 diabetes to be made but are li more likely to develop the condition over the next few years. They therefore require closer monitor and lifestyle intervention such as weight loss. Gestational diabetes, some pregnant develop raised glucose level during pregnancy. This is important to detect as untreated it may lead to adverse outcome for the mother and baby. Maternity onset diabetes of the young or moody, a group of inherited genetic disorders affecting production of insulin, result in younger patients developing symptoms similar to those of type 2. Asymptomatic hyperglycemia with progression to more severe complications such as diabetic ketoacidosis. Later, latent autoimmune diabetes of adults, the majority of patients with autoimmune-related diabetes present younger in life. There are, however, a small group of patients who develop such problems later in life. These patients are often misdiagnosed as having type 2, while LADA is type 1 and Moody is type 2. LADA has positive for antibodies and ketosis and ketonuria and should take insulin. Other types of diabetes, any pathological process which damages the insulin-producing cell of pancreas may cause diabetes to develop. Examples include chronic pancreatitis, hemochromatosis. Drugs may also cause a raised glucose level. A common example is glucocorticoids, which commonly result in raised blood glucose level. Symptoms and signs. Type 1 diabetes will, came with weight loss, polyuria, polydipsy, and may present with diabetic ketoacidosis, which is abdominal pain, vomiting, reduced con consciousness level. Type 2 diabetes often picked up incidentally on routine blood tests and polydipsy and polyuria. Remember that polyuria and polydipsy are due to water being dragged out of the body due to the osmotic effect of excess blood glucose being excreted in the urine, glucosuria. Investigation. Four main investigation. One, finger prick bedside glucose monitor. Two, one of blood glucose is maybe either fasting or non-fasting. Two, hemoglobin E1C did measure the amount of glycosated hemoglobin and represent the average blood glucose over the past two to three months. Glucose tolerance test. In the fast fasting glucose, blood glucose is taken after which 75 glucose gram of glucose load is taken after two hours the second glucose also uh, reading is taken if the patient asymptomatic if the patient symptomatic symptomatic then fasting blood glucose sugar greater than or equal 7 millimole and random glucose greater than or equal 11.1 millimole or after 75 oral glucose tolerance test if the patient is asymptomatic the above criteria apply but must be demonstrated on two separate occasions also, there are other guidelines on use of hemoglobin A1C for diagnosis of diabetes. Hemoglobin A1C greater than or equal 6.5, which is 48 millimole, is diagnostic for diabetes mellitus. Hemoglobin A1C value of less than 6.5 
percent does not exclude diabetes is not as sensitive as fasting sample for detecting diabetes. In patients who without symptoms, the test must be repeated to confirm the diagnosis. It should be remembered that misleading hemoglobin A1c can be used by increased red cell turnover. For example, pre-diabetes means more than 40 ages, Chinese 25 to 40, fasting 6.1 to 6.9. Impaired fasting indicates hepatic insulin resistance. Impaired glucose means muscle insulin resistance. Fasting more than 6.1 to 7 and impaired glucose, fasting less than 7 and postprandial more than or equal 7.8 but less than 11.1. Management principles of managing diabetes are as follows. Drug therapy to normalize blood glucose, monitor and treating any complication, modifying any other risk factor for other conditions such as cardiovascular disease. Type 1 diabetes patients always require insulin to control blood sugar levels. This is because there is an absolute deficiency of insulin with no pancreatic tissue left to stimulate with drug. Different types of insulin are available according to their duration of action. Type 2 diabetes, the majority of patients with type 2 are controlled using oral medication. First line drug of the vast majority, majority of patients is metformin. Second line includes sulfonylureas, gliptins, bioglitazones. Diabetes mellitus drugs. Number one, insulin. Mechanism of action of the insulin is direct replacement of endogenous insulin. Root subcutaneous. Main side effects of insulin are hypoglycemia, weight gain, and lipodystrophy. Note on insulin used in all patients with type 1 diabetes mellitus and some patients with poorly controlled type 2. It can be classified according to source, analog, human, sequence, and porcine. And the duration of an action like short, intermediate, and long action. Number two of the drugs is metformin. Metformin, like bioguanides or pseudovag, mechanism of action, increase insulin sensitivity and also decrease hepatic gluconeogenesis, also increase glucose uptake from cells and decrease glucose absorption. But the main mechanism are increase insulin sensitivity and decrease hepatic gluconeogenesis. Root, oral, main side effect, GIT upset and lactic acidosis, especially in elderly and renal and hepatic and alcoholic patients. Notes. Uh, on metformin. metformin is a first line of medication in the management of type 2 diabetes. It cannot be used in patients with GFR less than 30 milli per minute. Sulfonylurease. Sulfonylurease. <coughs> the mechanism of action of sulfonylurease is stimulate pancreatic beta cell to secrete insulin root oral. Main side effects of sulfonylurease are hypoglycemia, weight gain, and hyponatremia. Hypoglycemia, weight gain, hyponatremia. Note on sulfonylurease. Sulfonylurease. Example include glyclazide <coughs> and glimperide. Number four, from the drugs, thiazolidine dions. Thiazolidine dions like bioglitazones or rosiglitazones. Bioglitazones, its brand name, Actos. Mechanism of action of thiazolidine dions, it activate, activate paper gamma receptor in the adipose tissue to promote adipogenesis and fatty acid uptake. Root of the thiazolidine dions are oral. Made side effects, weight gain, fluid retention, hepatotoxic, bladder tumor, and fracture. Note on thiazolidine dions, only currently available of thiazolidine dions is pioglitazones. Number five, DPP-4 inhibitors or gliptins like 6-agliptin or cetagliptins. Mechanism of action of the DPP-4 inhibitors, <coughs> it increases incretine levels which inhibit glucagon secretion. Root of uh, DPP-4 inhibitors are or uh, is oral and main side effects are generally well-tolerated but it increases the risk of pancreatitis. Six, sodium glucose like transporter 2 inhibitors like glyphosate. Mechanism of action of uh, 
sodium glucose-like transporter 2 is inhibits they inhibits the reabsorption of glucose in the kidney root oral means side effects during respect infection but it's typically result in weight loss number seven glucagon like peptide one agonistides like exenatides mechanism of action in creatine mimetic which inhibits glucagon secretions root is subcutaneous means side effects nausea vomiting and pancreatitis not typically result in weight loss number eight Alpha glucosidase inhibitors or acarpose like megalitol and uh, megalitinide. Uh, actually, the mechanism is like sulfonylureas, alpha glucosidase inhibitor, polytomonosaccharides, but used in erratic lifestyle. So, used in erratic lifestyle in megalitinide. Glycosylated hemoglobin or hemoglobin A1C, the most widely used measure for long-term glycemic control in diabetes mellitus. Hemoglobin A1C is produced by glycosylation of hemoglobin at a rate proportional to the glucose concentration. The level of hemoglobin A1C, therefore, is dependent on red blood cell lifespan and average blood glucose concentration. Number or number of conditions can interfere with accurate hemoglobin A1C interpretation. Sometimes it's lower than expected levels of hemoglobin A1C due to reduced red blood cell lifespan like in sickle cell anemia or G6PD deficiency or hereditary spherocytosis. Sometimes it's higher than expected levels of hemoglobin A1C due to increased red blood cell lifespan like in vitamin B12 or folic acid deficiency or in iron deficiency anemia or in splenectomy. Hemoglobin A1C is generally thought to reflect the blood glucose over the previous three months although there is some evidence it is weighed more strongly to glucose level over the past two to four weeks and i recommend the hemoglobin a1c should be checked every three to six months until stable then six monthly now the target in hemoglobin a1c and mi maybe from eight to nine millimole but the target target of hemoglobin a1c there's three types tight tight way and natural neutral and lenient lenient it's um, 7.5 as in mi Neutral is 7 and tight control is a fasting 6.5. Thanks. Moody or maturity onset diabetes of the young is characterized by the development of type 2 diabetes mellitus in patients less than 25 years old. It is typically inherited as an autosomal dominant. Uh, an autosomal dominant condition of a six different genetic mutation has so, have so far been identified as leading to Moody. It has strong family history. It thought that around one to two percent of patients with diabetes mellitus have Moody, and around ninety percent are misclassified as having either type one or type two diabetes. Moody type three, it's sixty percent of cases due to defect in HNF one alpha gene in beta cell so decreased insulin secretion it is associated with increased risk of hepatocellular carcinoma also we have moody type 2 it's 20 percent of cases due to defect in glucokinase gene decrease g6pd decrease phosphorylation of glucose in cell so when it uh, take glucose it's um, elevated at first then after that more glucose it's utilized then decrease the glucose level multi-type 5 multi-type 5 is a rare and due to defect in hnf1 beta gene not alpha uh, it uh, characterized with the liver and renal cyst if you suspect in moody you should refer features of moody typically develops in patients less than 25 years Family history of early onset diabetes is often present. Ketosis is not a feature at presentation. Patients with most common uh, form are very sensitive to sulfonylureas. Actually, insulin is not usually necessary used. So Moody gives sulfonylureas. Thanks. 
diagnosis of type 2 diabetes mellitus diagnosis of type 2 diabetes mellitus can be made by either a plasma glucose or a hemoglobin a1c sample diagnosis criteria vary according to whether the patient is symptomatic has polyuria and polydipsia or not if the patient is symptomatic so fasting glucose Greater, greater than or equal to 7 millimole per liter or random glucose greater than or equal 11.1 millimole so fasting 7.1 and postprandial or random 11.1 if the patient is asymptomatic the above criteria can apply but must be monitored on two separate occasions so uh, normal glycemic control fasting less than six, less than or equal 6 millimole and hemoglobin a1c less than or equal 41 millimole or um, 5.9 cc6 and diabetes mellitus fasting more than 7 millimole and hemoglobin a1c more than 48 or more than or equal 6.5 pre-diabetes which is hemoglobin a1c is 42 to 47 cc from 6 to 6.5 or fasting from 6 to 7 WHO released supplementary guidelines on use of hemoglobin A1C on the diagnosis of diabetes. Hemoglobin A1C greater than or equal 48, which means 6.5, is diagnostic of diabetes. But hemoglobin A1C value of less than 48, 6.5, does not exclude diabetes. It is not as sensitive as fasting sample or detect for detecting diabetes. In patients without symptoms, the test must be repeated to confirm the diagnosis. It should be remembered that misleading hemoglobin A1C results can be caused by increased red cell turnover. Condition where hemoglobin A1C may not be used for diagnosis like 1. Hemoglobinipathies 2. Hemolytic anemia 3. Untreated unfinished anemia 4. Suspected gestational diabetes 5. Children 6. In HIV infection 7. Chronic kidney disease and 8. People taking medications that may cause hyperglycemia just like glucocorticoids. Corticoids. Okay, thanks. Pre-diabetes and impaired glucose regulation. Pre-diabetes is a term which is increasingly using where there is impaired glucose levels which are above the normal range but not high enough for a diagnosis of diabetes mellitus. The term includes patients who have been labeled as having either impaired fasting glucose or impaired glucose tolerance. Actually, it's around one in seven adults in UK have pre-diabetes. Okay. How to identify patients of pre-diabetes? NICE recommends using a validated computer-based risk assessment tool for all adults aged 40 and over. People of Southeast Asia and Chinese descent aged 25 to 40 and adults with conditions that increase risk of type 2 diabetes. Patients identified at high risk should have a blood sample taken, a fasting plasma glucose from 6 to 7, or hemoglobin A1C level from 24 to 47 millimole from 6 to 6.5 indicates high risk. So fasting from 6 to 7 and hemoglobin A1C from 42 to 47, like 6 to 6.5 percent. Management 1. Lifestyle modification, weight loss, increased exercise, and change in diet. 2. At least yearly follow up with blood tests is recommended. 3. Let's recommend metformin for adults at high risk whose blood glucose measure, fasting, plasma glucose, or hemoglobin A1C. Shows that they are still progressing towards type 2 diabetes despite their participation in an intensive lifestyle change program. Impaired fasting glucose and impaired glucose tolerance. There are two main types of impaired glucose regulation. Number one, impaired fasting glucose is due to hepatic insulin resistance, and impaired glucose tolerance is due to muscle insulin resistance. Patients with impaired glucose tolerance are more likely to develop to develop type two diabetes mellitus and cardiovascular disease than patients with impaired fasting glucose. 
definitions fast and glucose greater than or equal to 6.1 but less than 7 millimole per liter implies impaired fasting glucose impaired glucose tolerance is defined as fasting blood glucose less than 7 millimole and oral glucose postprandial or two hour greater or equal 7.8 but less than 11.1 People with impaired fasting glucose should then be offered an oral glucose tolerance to rule out the diagnosis of diabetes. Result below 11.1 millimole but above 7.8 indicates that the person doesn't have diabetes but it, he ha does have impaired glucose tolerance. Thanks. Management of diabetes mellitus type 1 Long-term management of type 1 diabetes is an important and complex process requiring the input of many different clinical specialists and members of the health care team. Actually, the diagnosis of type 1 diabetes can still reduce the life expectancy efficiency by 13 years and micro and macrovascular complications are well documented. Hemoglobin A1c in type 1 diabetes should be monitored every 3 to 6 months. Adults should have a target of hemoglobin A1c level of 48 millimole which is mean 6.5 or lower. Nice to however recommend taking into account factors such as person's daily activity, aspirations, likelihood of complications, comorbidities, occupation, and history of hypoglycemia. Self-monitoring of blood glucose recommended testing at least four times per day, including before each meal and before bed. More frequent monitoring is recommended if frequency of hypoglycemic episode increases during periods of illness, before, during, and after sports, when planning pregnancy, during pregnancy, and while breastfeeding. Blood glucose targets actually 5.2 from 5 to 7 millimole on walking and from 4 to 7 millimole before meals at, at other times of the day. Type of insulin. Offer multiple daily injection basal bolus insulin regimes rather than twice daily mixed insulin regimes as the insulin injection regimes of choice of all adults. Twice daily insulin DITMER is the regime of choice. So the regime of choice is two daily insulin DITMER. Once daily insulin glargine or, or insulin DITMER is an alternative. Offer rapid acting insulin analogs injected before meals rather than rapid acting soluble human or an animal insulin. So rapid acting analog before meal is good. For mealtime insulin replacement for adults with type 1 diabetes, metformin nice recommend considering adding metformin in blood if body mass index is more than or equal 25 kg per square meter. Thanks. Management of type 2 diabetes mellitus. Think of average patient who is taking metformin for type 2 diabetes. You can titrate up to um, up metformin and encourage lifestyle change to aim of hemoglobin A1c of 48 millimole, which is mean 6.5%, but should only at the second drug if hemoglobin A1c rise to 58 millimole or 7.5. Dietary advice 1. Encourage high fiber, low glycemic index source of carbohydrates, inc include low fat dairy products and oily fish. 3. Control the intake of food containing saturated fat and trans fatty uh, acids. Uh, so it's polyunsaturated is the good one. Limited substitution of uh, sucrose containing foods for other carbohydrates is allowable, but care should be taken to avoid excess energy intake. This 5. Discourage the use of food marketed specialty at, foods, uh, at people with diabetes. And the initial target weight loss is average person from 5 to 
10%. Hemoglobin A1C targets this area, which has changed in 2015. Individual targets should be agreed with patients to encourage motivation. Hemoglobin A1C should be checked every three to six months until it's stable, then six monthly. NICE encourages you to consider relaxing target on case-by-case -case basis, with particular consideration for people who are elderly or frail for adults with type 2 diabetes. In 2015, guidelines changed and to target are now dependent on treatment. So, lifestyle or single drug treatment. Lifestyle to target hemoglobin A1C 48, which is 6.5%. Lifestyle and metformin target 48 millimole. If it hemoglobin A1C became uh, above 58, so include any drugs which may cause hypoglycemia, like lifestyle plus sulfonylureas, aiming target 53. Practical exam. A patient is newly diagnosed with hemoglobin A1C and wants to try lifestyle treatment first. You agree a target of 48, 6.5%. You review patient with six months before after starting metformin. Hemoglobin A1C is 51. You increase the metformin from 500 uh, to 500 twice daily and reinforce lifestyle factors. If patients already on treatment, already on treatment, but hemoglobin A1C has risen to 58 so your target became 53 okay tolerated metformin metformin is still first line and should be offered in hemoglobin a1c rise to 48 millimole 6.5 on lifestyle intervention if hemoglobin a1c has risen to 58 millimole to 7.5 percent then a second drug should be added from the following list maybe sulfonylurea maybe glyptin maybe bioglutazone maybe sodium glucose like transporters to inhibitor if despite this hemoglobin a1c rises or remains above 58 7.5% then triple therapy with one of the following combinations should be offered like metformin plus glyptin plus sulfonylureas, metformin bioglutazone, sulfonylureas, metformin sulfonylureas, sodium glucose like transporter 2 inhibitors, metformin bioglutazones, sodium glucose like transporter 2 inhibitor or insulin therapy should be also considered. Okay. Okay. Also, we have, you know, maybe sometimes we start in insulin. When we start insulin in type 2, metformin should be continued in terms of other drug nice advice. Review the continuous need to other. Let's recommend starting with human NPH insulin, human NPH insulin, human NPH insulin, isofane, intermediate acting, taken at bedtime or twice daily according to need. Risk factor modification, blood pressure, target less than 140. Uh, on uh, 80 millimeter mercury or less than 130 uh, on 80 milligram if end organ damage is present and ACE inhibitors are the first line antibiotics should not be offered unless the patient has existing cardiovascular disease lipids lipids if the uh, only patient with 10 year cardiovascular risk more than 10 percent should be offered statins the first line statin is atorvastatin 20 milligrams so primary interventions when 10 year cardiovascular risk more than or equal 10 percent or most type 1 diabetes or uh, chronic kidney disease and EGFR less than 60 milli so give atorvastatin 20 milligram uh, once per day if non-HDL has not fallen by more than or equal 40 percent then consider titration up to 80 milligram secondary prevention known ischemic heart or cerebrovascular disease or peripheral arterial disease give atorvastatin 80 milligram once per day Sometimes type 2 diabetes can complain with diarrhea, maybe due to uh, metformin or maybe due to diabetic nephropathy. Okay, thanks. So in lipids, NICE states that not use QRISK2 for type 1 diabetes in a study with this criteria if it's older than 40 years or have had diabetes for more than 10 years or has established nephropathy or have other chron chronic vascular disease risk 
factor, then you should give lipid as primary prevention. If not, don't. Glycemic index describes the capacity of food to raise blood glucose. High glycemic index like white rice 87 and baked potato 85, white bread 70. Medium glycemic index like couscous 65, boiled new potato 62 and digestive biscuits 59, brown rice 58. Lower glycemic index fruit and vegetables and beet nuts. Glucose have glycemic index equal 100. Type 2 diabetes mellitus medications. Number 1, bioglitazones, metformins, or seruvage is decrease glucose absorption and increase insulin sensitivity and decrease hepatic gluconeogenesis. Use in type 2 diabetes mellitus and NBCOs. Adverse effect GIT, upset and lactic acidosis, especially in hepatic renal, alcoholic, and old age. It also decreases absorption of vitamin B2. Contraindication renal uh, GFR less than 30. Uh, not NP metformin can give in myocardial infarction but not in acute myocardial infarction and do not in decompensated heart failure. Sulfonyl ureas. Sulfonyl ureas, they are three generations. First generation like clopromide, it causes nephrogenic diabetes and uh, uh, Second generation like glibinclamide and glycolazide or glipizides. Number uh, third generation like glimperide or amaryl. <coughs> Sulfonyl ureas are oral hypoglycemic drugs used in management of type 2 diabetes mellitus. They work by increasing pancreatic insulin secretion and hence they are only effective if functional beta cells are present. On a molecular level they bind to an ATP dependent potassium channel on the cell membrane of the pancreatic beta cell. Should take with food. Common adverse effect number one hypoglycemic episodes more common with long acting preparations such as clopromide. Number two weight gain and number three pharmacological failure. Rarer adverse effect like hyponatremia secondary two syndrome of inappropriate EDH secretion especially with clopromides. Number two bone marrow suppression. Number three hepatotoxicity typically cholestatic and number four peripheral neuropathy. Sulfonyl release should be avoided in breastfeeding and pregnancy. Thiazolidine dions like rosiglitazones, bioglitazones, or actos. Thiazolidine dions are a class of agents used in treatment of type 2 diabetes mellitus. They are agonists to paper gamma receptor and reduce peripheral insulin resistance. Rosiglitazones were withdrawn in 29th. Following concern about cardiovascular side effect profile, paper gamma receptor in and is an intracellular nuclear receptor. Its natural ligands are free fatty acids and is thought to control adipose differentiation and function. Adverse effect of thiazolidine dions, weight gain, liver impairment, so monitor liver function test and fluid retention, therefore contraindicated in heart failure. The risk of fluid retention is increased if the patient also takes insulin. Recent studies have indicated an increased risk of a fracture, especially with rosiglitazones. Bladder cancer. Recent studies shown an increased risk of bladder cancer in patients taking bioglitazones. New drugs, drugon like Bortidone and other new drugs. Number of new drugs treat uh, diabetes mellitus has become available in recent years. Much much research has focused around the role of glucagon-like peptide. It's a hormone released by the small intestine in response to oral glucose load. Whilst it's well known that insulin resistance and insufficient beta cell compensation occur, other effects are also seen in type 2, like in normal physiology, and oral glucose load result in greater release of insulin than in the same load if given intravenously. This is known as incretin level. This effect is largely mediated by glucagon-like peptide 1 and is known to be decreased in type 2 diabetes. Increasingly glucagon-like peptide levels. So we're talking about glucagon-like peptide. Increasingly glucagon-like peptide levels are by administration of an analog like glucagon-like peptide 1, mimetic like exenatide or inhibiting its breakdown by DPP4, dipeptidyl peptidase 4 inhibitors, 
zagliptins is therefore the target of two recent classes of drugs. Glucagonic peptide 1 mimetics like exenatide or liraglutide, which is injection, or Victoza. Exenatide is an example of glucagonic peptide 1 mimetic. These drugs increase insulin secretion and inhibit glucagon secretions. One of the major advances of glucagon-like peptide 1 mimetics is that they typically result in weight loss in contrast to many medications such as insulin, sulfonylureas, and thioglitazone. They are sometimes used in combination with insulin in type 2 diabetes to minimize weight gain. Exenatide must be given by subcutaneous injection within 60 minutes before the morning and evening meals. It should not be given after a meal. Liraglutide is the other glucagon-like peptide 1 mimetic currently available. One of the main advantages of liraglutide over exenatide that is only only need to be given once daily. Both exenatide and liraglutide may be combined with metformin and sulfonylurea. Standard release exenatide is also licensed to be used with basal insulin alone or with metformin. So, nice to say that consider adding exenatide to metformin and sulfonylurea if body mass index more than or equal 35 kilo per square meter in people to European descent and they are have problems associated with high weight or body mass index less than 35 kilo per on square meter and insulin is unacceptable because of occupational implications or weight loss or benefit other comorbidities. Nice like patients to have achieved 11 millimole per millimole 1% reduction of hemoglobin E1C and 3% weight loss after 6 months to justify ongoing prescription of a glucagon-like peptide 1 mimetic. Major adverse effect of GLP-1 mimetic is nausea and vomiting. Also some recommended that is sometimes reported the severe pancreatitis in some patients. DPP-4 inhibitors like Vedagliptins and cetagliptins. Key points its oral preparation trials to date shows that drugs are relatively well tolerated with no increased incidence of hypoglycemia and do not cause weight gain, but some cause makes severe headache, nasopharyngitis, and contraindicated in renal failure and heart failure. Nice guideline on TPP4 inhibitor. Nice guidelines suggest that TPP4 inhibitor may be, might be preferable to thioglitazones if further weight gain would cause significant problems. Uh, or maybe if thyroidine dione is contraindication or the person has had a poor response to thyroidine dione. Thanks. Uh, also, sodium glucose-like transporter 2 inhibitors. Sodium glucose-like transporter 2 inhibitors it inhibit sodium glucose co-transporter 2 in the renal proximal convoluted tubule to reduce glucose reabsorption and increase urinary glucose excretion. Examples include canagliflozone and dabagliflozone and impagliflozone. So canag, dabag, impag. Important adverse effects include urinary and genital infection, secondary to glucosuria. For in years, gangrene has also seen reported to normoglycemic ketoacidosis, which is important. Normoglycemic ketoacidosis. Three, increased risk of a lower limb amputation, which should be closely monitored. Four, dehydration or tuberculosis fracture. Five, increased cholesterol level. NP, patients taking sodium glucose-like transporters, two drugs often lose weight, which can be beneficial in type 2 diabetes medicine. So, sodium glucose-like transporters, two inhibitors, good in heart failure, cardiovascular system, and it's nephroprotective. Meglitinide, meglitinide like ribaglinide and nataglinide increase pancreatic insulin secretion. Like sulfonylureas, they bind to ATP-dependent potassium channel on the cell membrane of the pancreatic beta cell, often used for patients with an erratic lifestyle. Adverse effects include weight gain and hypoglycemia. Less, less than sulfonylureas. Pregnancy diabetes mellitus. Diabetes mellitus may be pre-existing problem or developing during pregnancy. Gestational diabetes mellitus, it complicates up to 1 in 20 pregnancies. Nice estimate following. 
87.5% have gestational diabetes, 7.5% have type 1 diabetes, 5% have type 2 diabetes. Risk factors for gestational diabetes. 1. Body mass index more than 30 kg per square meter. 2. Previous macrosomic baby weighting 4.5 kg or above. 3. Previous gestational diabetes. 4. First degree relative with diabetes. 5. Family origin with a high prevalence of diabetes like South Asian, Black Caribbean, and Middle Eastern. Screening for gestational diabetes. Women who have previously had gestational diabetes or a glucosterone cyst or GTT should be performed as soon as possible after booking and at 24 to 28 weeks if the first test is normal. Now, it's also recommend that early self-monitoring of blood glucose is an alternative to OGTTs. Women with any of the risk other risk factors should be offered an oral glucosterone cyst at 24 to 28. So, if it had previously the gestational diabetes so as soon as possible and then 24 to 28 if it's normal and if other risk factors should be OGTT at 24 to 28 weeks diagnostic threshold nice said that fasting glucose is more than or equal 5.6 millimole and two hour glucose is more or equal 7.8 so 5678 fasting 5.6 two hour 7.8 Management of gestational diabetes. Newly diagnosed women should see in a joint diabetes and antenatal clinic with a week within a week. Women should be taught about self-monitoring of blood glucose. Advice about diet, including eating food with low glycemic index and exercise should be given. If the fasting blood glucose level less than 7 millimole, trial of diet and exercise should be offered. If glucose targets are not met within one to two weeks of alternating diet and exercise, then metformin should be started. If glucose targets are still not met, insulin should be added to diet, exercise, metformin. If at the time of diagnosis, the fasting glucose level is more than or equal 7, then insulin should be started. If the plasma glucose level is between 6 to 7 millimole and there is evidence of complications such as macrosomia or hydraminous, insulin should be offered. Glibenclamide or sulfonide risk, but especially glibenclamide should only offered for women who cannot tolerate metformin or those who fail to meet the glucose targets with metformin but decline insulin treatment. Management of pre-existing diabetes, weight loss for women with uh, body mass index more than 27, uh, stop oral glycemic hypoglycemic agents apart from metformin, and commence insulin. So continue metformin with insulin. Folic acid 5 mg per day from preconception to 12 weeks gestation. Aspirin 75 mg per day from 12 weeks until the birth of the baby to reduce the risk of preeclampsia. Detailed anomaly scan at 20 weeks, including foot chamber view of the heart and outflow tracts. Tight glycemic control reduce complication rates and treat retinopathy as it can worsen during pregnancy. L target in fasting 5.3 millimole, 1 hour 7.8 millimole, 2 hour 6.4 millimole. Diabetes mellitus in Ramadan. They should try and eat a meal containing long acting carbohydrates prior to sunrise. Suhoor. Patients should, should be given a blood glucose monitor to allow them to check their glucose levels, particularly if they feel unwell. For patients taking metformin, the expert said that does should split the dose one third before sunrise or suhoor and two thirds after sunset or iftar. Sandal also recommends that switching once daily sulfonylurea to after sunset. For patients taking twice daily preparations, such as glycolazide, it's recommended that a larger proportion of doses taken after sunset. No adjustment is needed for patients taking bioglitazones. DKA. DKA accounted for around 6% of cases of type 1 diabetes. 
um, but SSA is considered mortality rates has decreased from 8% to under 1% in the past 20 years. Pathophysiology, decay is caused by uncontrolled lipolysis, lipolysis not proteolysis, which result in excess of free fatty acid that are ultimately converted to ketone, but is the most common precipitating factor of DKAR infection, missed insulin dose, and myocardial infarction. Features of DKA including abdominal pain, polyuria, polydipsia, dehydration, cosmol respiration, or deep hyperventilation, acetone smelling breath like peer drops smell. Diagnostic criteria according to American Diabetes Association, glucose more than 13.8 millimole, pH less than 7.3, serum by carb less than 18 millimole, anion gap more than 10, and ketonemia. According to Joint British Society Societies, glucose more than 11 millimole or known, pH less than 7.3, by carb less than 15 and ketone more than 3 millimole or urine, or urine ketones positive 2 on dipstick management fluid replacement most patients with dka are de- deplete around 5 to 8 liters isotonic saline is used initially then insulin and intravenous infusion should be started at 0.1 unit per kilo per hour once blood glucose is less than 15 millimoles on an infusion of Five percent dextrose should be started. Three correction of hypokalemia is important, and before long-acting insulin should be continued. Short-acting insulin should be stopped. Long-acting continued and short-acting insulin stopped. Look, 0.9 percent sodium chloride one liter uh, over first hour. Then 0.9 percent sodium chloride one liter with potassium chloride over the next two hours. Then one lit- another one liter with next two hours. Then another one liter over the next four. Then one liter about next four. Then one liter about six four. So one hour, two hours, two hours, four hours, four hours, six hours. Please note that slower infusion may be indicated in young adults aged from 18 to 25 years, that they are at greater risk of cerebral edema. Potassium level in first 24 hours. If it's over 5.5, then don't give potassium. If it's from 3.5 to 5.5, then give 40 millimole of infusion solution. If it's below 3.5, then senior review as additional potassium need to be given. Complication of DKA and its treatment sometimes give one gastric stasis. 2. Thrombocytopenia, 3. Arrhythmia secondary 2. Hyperkalemia or atrogenic hypokalemia 4. Atrogenic due to incorrect fluid therapy so it can sometimes cause cerebral edema, hypokalemia, hypoglycemia. 5. Acute respiratory distress syndrome and 6. Acute kidney injury. Children and young adults are particularly vulnerable to cerebral edema following fluid resuscitation in DKA and often need one-to-one nursing to monitor neuro-observation, headache, irritability, visual disturbance, focal neurology, etc. It usually occurs 4 to 12 hours following the commitments of treatment but can present at any time. If there is a suspicious CT head and senior review should be sought. Hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state is a medical emergency which is extremely difficult to manage and has a significant associated mortality. Actually, hyperglycemia result, result in osmotic diuresis, severe dehydration, electrolyte deficiency. Uh, hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state present in elderly with type 2 diabetes. However, the incidence in younger adults is increasing. It can be it can be the initial presentation of type 2 diabetes. Pathophysiology. Actually, hyperglycemia result in osmotic diuresis with associated loss of sodium and potassium. Severe volume depletion result in significant raised serum osmolarity, typically more than 3, 3 to 0, 
ملي اوزمول بير كيلو ريزالتنج ان هايبر فيسكوسيتي اوف بلاد ديسبايت ذيس سيفير الفات لوسز اند توتال بادي فوليوم ديبليشن ذا تيبيكال بيشنت ويز هايبر اوزمولر هايبر جلايسيميك ستيت may not look as dehydrated as they are because hypertonicity leads to preservation of intravascular volume. Clinical features one generally fatigue, lethargy, nausea and vomiting to neurologically altered level of consciousness, headache, edema, weakness. Three hematological hyperviscosity may result in myocardial infarction, stroke, peripheral arterial thrombosis, poor cardiovascular like dehydration, hypotension, tachycardium. Diagnosis. Hypovolemia. Two. Marked hyperglycemia more than 30 millimorbilliter without significant ketone or acidosis, three significantly raised serum osmolarity more than three to zero milliosmol. So, diagnosed hypovolemia, marked hyperglycemia more than 30, and significant raised serum osmolarity more than three to zero. Note a precise definition of HHS or hyperosmolar hyperglycemic acid does not exist. However, the above three criteria are helpful in distinction between hyperosmolar and DKA. It's also important to remember that mixed hyperosmolar and DKA sometimes can occur. Management number one, normalize the osmolarity gradually. Two, replace fluid and electrolyte losses. Three, normalize blood glucose gradually. So, let's talk about fluid replacement. Fluid losses in hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state are estimated to be between 100 to 2 to 3 0 milli per kilo which is from 10 to 22 liters in an individual weight 100 kilo the rate of rehydration will be determined by assessing combination of initial severity and pre-existing comorbidities like heart failure chronic kidney disease caution is needed particularly in elderly who too rapid rehydration may precipitate heart failure but insufficient may fail to reverse an acute kidney injury intravenous IV 0.9% sodium chloride solution is the first line fluid for restoring total body fluid. It's important to remember that isotonic 0.9% sodium chloride solution is already relatively hypotonic compared to the serum in someone with hyperosmolar hyperketotic state. Therefore, is most in most cases, it is very effective at restoring normal serum osmolarity. If serum osmolarity is not declined despite positive parents with 0.9 sodium chloride, then the fluid should be switched to 0.45 sodium chloride solution, which is even more hypotonic relative to the hyperosmolar hyperkalosemic state patient's serum osmolarity. IV fluid replacement should aim to achieve to positive balance of 3 to 6 liters by 12 hours and the remaining replacement of estimated fluid loss within the next 12 hours so 3 to 6 liters within 12 hours and the other next 12 hours existing guidelines encourage vigorous initial fluid replacement and this is alone without insulin will result in a gradual decline in plasma glucose and serum osmolarity rapid actually rapid decline is potentially harmful Therefore, insulin should not be used in the first instant unless there is significant ketonemia or acidosis. The aim of treatment should be to replace approximately 50% of estimated fluid loss within the first 12 hours and the reminder in the following 12 hours. However, this is just a guide and clinical judgment should be applied, particularly in patients with comorbidities such as heart failure, chronic kidney disease, which may limit spread of correction. How to monitor response to treatment? The key parameter is in managing hyperosmolar hyperketotic state is the osmolarity to which glucose and sodium are the main contributors. Rapid change of serum osmolarity are dangerous and can result in cardiovascular collapse and center, central pontine myelinolyrosis CPM. Guidelines suggest that serum osmolarity, sodium, and glucose level should be plotted on a graph to permit appreciation of the rate of change. They should be plotted hourly initially. 
not all apparatus have readily available access to serum osmolarity measurements if not available then calculated osmolarity can be estimated within two sodium plus glucose and urea fluid replacement alone without insulin will gradually lower blood glucose which will reduce osmolarity reduction of serum osmolarity will cause a shift of water into the intracellular space this inevitably result in a rise in serum sodium fall in blood glucose of 5.5 millimole will result in a 2.4 millimole rise in sodium. This is not necessarily an indication to give hypotonic solution if the initial rise in the serum potassium is much greater than 2.4 millimole for each 5.5 millimole fall in glucose. This would suggest insufficient fluid replacement. Rising sodium is only a concern if the osmolality is not declining concurrently. Rapid change must be avoided. The safe rate of the full plasma glucose between 4 and 6 millimole per hour is recommended. The rate of full fall of plasma sodium not exceeded 10 millimole in 24 hours. Target blood glucose between 10 and 15 is a reasonable goal. Complete normalization of liquid and osmolality can take up to 72 hours. Insulin. Actually, fluid replacement alone with 0.9% sodium chloride solution will result in a gradual decline in blood glucose and osmolarity. Actually, most patients with hyperosmolar hyperglycemic state are insulin sensitive, as it usually occurs in type 2 diabetes. So, administration of insulin can result in a rapid decline of serum glucose and thus osmolarity. Insulin treatment prior to adequate fluid replacement actually may result in cardiovascular collapse as um, the water moves out of the intravascular space with a resultant decline in intravascular volume. Steep decline in serum osmolarity may also precipitate in central pontine myelinosis. Measurement of ketones is essential for determining if insulin is required or not. If significant ketonemia is present, more than one millimole, this indicates relative hypoinsulinemia and insulin should be started at time zero because it's mixed decay and hyperosmolar. The recommended insulin dose is a fixed rate intravenous insulin infusion given at 0 0.05, 0 0.05 units per kilo per hour. If significant ketonemia is not present, then do not start insulin. Potassium. Patients with HHS are potassium depleted but less acidotic than those with DKA, so potassium shifts are less pronounced. Hyperkalemia can be present with acute kidney injury. Patients on diuretics may be profoundly hypokalemic. Potassium should be replaced or omitted as required. Hypoglycemia. Causes of hypoglycemia. 1. Insulinoma. Insulinoma is increased ratio of pro-insulin to insulin. 2. Self-administration of insulin of sulfonylureas. 3. Liver fever can cause hypoglycemia. Also, addition disease and alcohol. Because addition disease deficiency in aldosterone and also in cortisol. Other possible causes in children like nisopolyptosis, it's beta cell hyperplasia. Physiological response to hypoglycemia. Hormonal response. Uh, the first response of the body is decreased insulin secretion. This is followed by increased glucagon secretion. Growth hormone and cortisol also re released, but later. Sympathoadrenal response, increasing catecholamine mediated, which is adrenergic, and acetylcholine mediated, which is cholinergic neurotransmission in the peripheral autonomic nervous system and in the central nervous system. Diabetic neuropathy. Diabetic neuropathy, diabetes typically leads to sensory loss and not motor loss. Loss of the fine touch and pain, gloves and soaking pattern. Sensory loss and not motor loss in peripheral neuropathy. Painful diabetic neuropathy is a common problem in clinical practice. Nice update that its guidelines on the management of neuropathic pain in 2013. Diabetic neuropathy is now managed in the same way of neurotic pain. First line treatment, amitriptyline or duloxetine or gabapentin or pregabaline. So it's GAB-D. 
اميتريبتالين جابابنتين دولكسيتين بريجابالين If the first line drug treatment does not work, try one of the other three drugs. Tramadol may be used as rescue therapy for exacerbation of neuropathic pain. Topical capsaicin may be used for localized neuropathic pain, post-herpetic neuralgia. Pain management clinics may be useful in patients with resistance problems. GIT or gastrointestinal autonomic neuropathy, gastroparesis symptoms include erratic blood glucose control, bloating, vomiting. Management options include metoclopramide, domperidone, or erythromycin, prokinetics agents. Chronic diarrhea often occurs at night, and gastroesophageal reflux disease causes decreased lower esophageal sphincter pressure. Diabetic food disease. Diabetic food disease is an important complication of diabetes mellitus, which should be screened for on a regular basis. NICE produced guidelines relating to diabetes, diabetic food. It occurs secondary to two main factors. Number one, neuropathy. Neuropathy resulting in loss of protective sensation, not notching stone in the shoe, charcoal arthropathy, or dry skin. Number two, peripheral arterial disease. Diabetes is a risk factor for both macro and microvascular ischemia. Presentation. Number one, neuropathy, loss of sensation. Number two, ischemia. Absent foot pulses, reduced ankle brachial pressure index, and intermittent claudication. Complication also can callosis, ulcerations, charcot's arthropathy, cellulitis, osteomyelitis, and gangrene. Osteomyelitis, so its MRI is important. All patients with diabetes should be screened for diabetic food disease on at least an annual basis. Screen for ischemia done by palpating for post-dorsalis pedis pulse and posterior TPL artery, artery pulse. Screen for neuropathy with 10 gram monofilaments is used to on various parts of the sole of the foot. Please recommend the risk accordingly low risk no risk factors except careless alone moderate deformity or neuropathy or non-critical limb ischemia high risk previous alteration previous amputation or on renal replacement therapy or neuropathy and non-critical limb ischemia together with neuropathy in combination with careless and or deformity non-critical limb ischemia in combination with careless or and deformity all patients who are moderate or high risk in problems other than simple keyless should be followed by regularly by the local diabetic food center. center. The strongest predictive factors with the response to future risk of ulceration is either active ulceration or history of previous ulceration. Driving license. Until recently, people with diabetes who use insulin could not hold a heavy, good vehicle license. The driving license changes the rules in October 2011. The following standards need to be met and also apply to patients using other hypoglycemic-inducing drugs such as sulfonylurea. Number one, there has not been any severe hypoglycemic event in the previous 12 months. Two, the driver has full hypoglycemic awareness. Three, the driver must show adequate control on the condition by regular blood glucose monitoring at least twice daily at time of relevant tool driving. Four, the driver must demonstrate an understanding of the risk factors of hypoglycemia. And number five, here are no other debarring complications of diabetes. From a practical point of view, patients on insulin who want to apply for a group two heavy good vehicle license not need to complete uh, this form. As a specific point for group one drivers, if on insulin, then patients can drive a car as long as they have hypoglycemic awareness, not more than one episode of hypoglycemia requiring assessment of another person within the preceding 12 months and no relevant visual impairment, drivers are normally contacted by DVLA. Two, 
If on tablet or exenatite, no need to notify DVLA. If tablets may induce hypoglycemia like sulfonylurea, then there must not have been more than one episode of hypoglycemia requiring assistance of another person within the preceding 12 months. If that controlled alone, then no requirement to inform DVLA. To demonstrate adequate control, the Secretary of State panel on diabetes mellitus has recommended that applicants will need to have used blood glucose meters with a memory function to measure and record blood glucose level for at least three months prior to submitting this application. Metabolic syndrome. Unfortunately, there are a number of competing definitions of metabolic syndrome around the present time. Key physiological factors is insulin resistance. Signs recommend using criteria similar to those from the American Heart Association. The similarity of the International Diabetes Federation criteria should be noted. For a diagnostic of metabolic syndrome, at least three of the following should be identified. Number one, elevated waist circumference, men more than 1.2 cm and women more than 88 cm. Elevated triglyceride, more than 1.7 millimole per liter. Reduced HDL, less than 1.03 millimole in male and less than 1.29 millimole in female. Four, raised blood pressure, more than 130 per 85 millimeter mercury or active treatment of hypertension. Five, raised fasting blood glucose, plasma glucose, more than 5.6 millimole or previously diagnosed type 2. Why International Diabetes Federation produced Another test of diagnostic criteria, which is now widely used. It's required presence of central obesity with circumference more than 94 cm for Europe, Europoid men and more than 80 for Europoid women with essentially specific values for other groups, plus any two of the following. Number one, raise the tag more than 1.7 for a specific treatment for lipid abnormalities. Two, reduce the HDL cholesterol less than 1.03 millimole in male and less than 1.29 in female for a specific treatment of lipid abnormality. Three, raise the blood pressure more than 130 per 85 millimeter mercury or active treatment of hypertension. Four, raise fasting plasma glucose more than 5.6 millimole or previously diagnosed type 2. World Health Organization produced diagnostic criteria which require presence of diabetes mellitus or impaired glucose tolerance or impaired fasting glucose or insulin resistance and two of the following. Number one, blood pressure more than 140 per 90 millimeter mercury. Number two, dyslipidemia, tag more than 1.6 millimole or high density lipoprotein, less than 0.9 male or less than 1 in female. HDL, yes. Uh, central obesity waste to have ratio more than 0.9 in male and more than 0.8 in female and or body mass index more than 30. Microalbuminemia, urinary albumin excretion ratio more than 20 mg per minute or albumin to create ratio more than 30. Other association factors of metabolic syndrome include raised uric acid level, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or nephlid and polycystic ovarian syndrome. Normal lipid profile or desirable lipid profile, total cholesterol less than 5, tag or tricyclic uh, less than 2. Uh, HDL more than 1 and LDL less than 3. Remnant hyperlipidemia. Their cause of mixing hyperlipidemia is cholesterol and triglyceride level, also known as Friedrichsen type 3 hyperlipidemia or broad beta disease and it is beta lipoproteinemia. Associated with ApoE2 homozygosity, high incidence of ischemic heart disease and peripheral vascular disease, thought to be caused impaired removal of intermediate density lipoprotein from the circulation of, by the liver, features urepalmar crease, palmar zensoma, chuperous zensomatis, management by plates, 
or the first line of treatment. Obesity. Therapeutic options. The management of obesity consists of a stepwise approach. Conservative diet exercise, medical or surgical. Early start is a pancreatic lipase inhibitors used in the management of obesity. Adverse effects include fecal urgency or incontinence and flatulence. Lower dose version is now available without prescription. Nice have different criteria for the use of early start. It should only be prescribed as part of an overall plan for managing obesity in adults who have body mass index of 28 kilogram per square meter or more with associated risk factor or body mass index of 30 kilogram per square meter or more or continued weight loss for example 5% at 3 months or early set is normally used for less than 1 year